It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Excellent. Welcome. Hi there. I just got Kellyanne Conway's book in the mail. She's coming on the program later this week. How nice. She's a dear friend. The phone number, if you would like to be on the program, it's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. You're more than welcome to join me. Also, uh, if you just can't get enough of me, Mom, at the very top of the very next hour, that's live, 3 p.m. Eastern time, I will be on CNN from this here Herman Cain studio. You'll see the picture of Herman Cain behind me if you watch. Uh, because I don't have time to leave the studio, and I was supposed to be on at 4 to talk about the Georgia election, and they woke me up this morning and said, hey, we got to move you to 3 o'clock. I said, I can't do 3 o'clock. They said, yes, you can. Challenge accepted. So via Skype and a bad connection, I'll be on CNN to talk about the Georgia election. There's an aspect of this that I just am fascinated with nationally. I'm fascinated with the effort to make Stacey Abrams happen. So there is a record turnout in Georgia, a record early voting turnout. Stacey Abrams was asked about the skyrocketing turnout in Georgia. You may have a million Republicans vote in the primary. That's bigger than any turnout in a Georgia midterm or presidential election. I at first thought it was a record midterm election. No, no, it's a record election turnout for Republicans in Georgia. And the early voting, the polling of early people who voted early suggests they broke uh, six to one for Brian Kemp. Here is Stacey Abrams talking about that. The question about voter suppression and voter turnout is causation without correlation. We, I'm sorry. You can make mistakes even when you know what you're talking about. It's correlation without causation. We know that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. The Increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. Correlation, causation, increased turnout. But I want to focus on something else that she said. The question about voter suppression and voter turnout is causation without correlation. We, I'm sorry, you can make mistakes even when you know what you're talking about. I interviewed Stacey Abrams in 2018. In fact, I interviewed every candidate running for governor, Democrat and Republican. I gave them each an hour of my show. 
for the Democrats, I let them bring their own supporters in because I know I'm a conservative talk show host. But I wanted them to have the opportunity to be introduced in their own way, in their own words, just like I did all the Senate candidates this year. It wasn't combative. It was, who are you? What's your story? What's your background? Why are you running? What is your big issue that you care about? And I made all the Republicans and Democrats avoid attacking each other and just talk about themselves. Stacey Abrams was very affable. She was actually the second best interview that I did. She was kind. We disagreed on things, but she had a vision for how she was going to help people. She was not shy about saying she's progressive and she's not going to pretend to moderate herself in the general. She believes that her values are good for everyone and she wants to sell those values to Georgia voters who might be hesitant to vote for progressive. She was self-deprecating. She made jokes about herself. The best interview that I had was a guy named Brian Kemp who was just very laid back, kicked back in the chair, and had a great conversation. Abrams was... Very, very self-deprecating, warm, and humble. Since that time, she seems to have lost her sense of humor. And she seems to want everyone to believe she's the smartest person in the room. And uh, she she says things like this, that in a one-off thing or a throwaway line, except it's not a one-off thing. She she said it that way. She caught herself, I'm sorry, even when you know what you're talking about, you sometimes make mistakes. Yes, she's right. She's true. But then there was her statement from the other day. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business, but we are the worst state in the country to live. And the Democrats cheered. And now she got an opportunity on MSNBC to correct the record. I I think it was an artfully delivered. Uh, My point was a point that I've made many times. And my passion in making this point is important because we are listening to Brian Kemp Give a, give narrative about a record that does not reflect reality. Really? A narrative that doesn't reflect reality. You know, she says wages are down in Georgia. Actually, Kemp has created tens of thousands of new jobs in the electric vehicle industry in Georgia uh, that will pay above average wages. Uh, and in, when you take into account the impact of Joe Biden's economy, that's where your wage declines have come because in offset to inflation, wages have gone down. But it's a nationwide thing. It's not a Georgia thing. The jobs that Georgia's creating uh, through Brian Kemp's administration are actually higher. She also attacked maternal mortality. Now, I thought it was interesting because if you look at the CDC, Georgia doesn't even rate in the top 10 for maternal or infant mortality. But Abrams says we're number one for maternal mortality. Well, we got the answer to this from a nurse who called. I've got the smartest listeners in the nation. People are stupid, but my listeners are smart. And she said the reason that Stacey Abrams can say this with a straight face is that Georgia has an entire hospital system designed for high-risk pregnancies. And so a lot of people will come into the state who will be flown in from other states into the Georgia hospital system for their high-risk pregnancies. And in those situations, if the mother dies, they're counted as maternal mortality in Georgia, not in the other state. We actually have an entire international network of people uh, from high-risk nations 
where pregnancies will be flown into Georgia to be delivered, and if the mother dies, they're counted as people in Georgia dying. But the CDC excludes those people. That's why the CDC does not have Georgia's number one in maternal mortality, but Stacey Abrams does, because Georgia has such a world-class healthcare system that high-risk pregnancies from out of state and out of country will come into Georgia, and if the mother dies, it's tabulated as someone in Georgia dying, as a mother in Georgia dying. She sounds very bitter and very frustrated. She thinks she should be governor. And she believes she was deprived of the governors of the governorship. She thinks it was stolen from her. She thinks voters were suppressed. She has the same problem that so many other Democrats have. They choose not to play the game under the rules of the game. But under their own rules, and when they lose playing by their own rules, they blame the people who followed the actual rules of the game. There is a way to win in Georgia. There is an election process in Georgia. It's not that Democrats can't win in Georgia. For God's sakes, until 2002, the Democrats won everything in Georgia. And now it's like the Democrats have forgotten how to win. But not only have the Democrats forgotten how to win, they've forgotten how to play the game. And they're angry about it. They're bitter about it. And she's the closest. And now, on top of all of this, this comes with a New York Times write-up where Democrats behind the scenes are saying, we actually think she peaked too soon. 2018 was her high watermark. I could have told you all that. Stacey Abrams is a romance fiction novelist. She's a voting rights activist. And the only political office she's ever won was a largely uncontested state house seat with minimal opposition. That's it. That's her bio. She's very smart. She is very smart. Unfortunately, She has a failing that a lot of smart people have. She lacks the humility to understand that she doesn't know everything. And the media, the national media, they're trying to make her happen. This is Joy Reid on MSNBC. Keep in mind, Stacey Abrams is running unopposed as the Democrat for the gubernatorial nomination in Georgia. There is no opposition to Stacey Abrams at all for the Democratic nomination in Georgia. Here's Joy Reid from MSNBC. Now, there are several major races that we're keeping a close eye on. And, of course, Georgia was ground zero for the disgraced former president's scheme to steal the 2020 election. Tomorrow, voters will determine if Republican attempts to steal the next presidential election will be stopped. Polls indicate that the race for governor will likely be a rematch of 2018 between incumbent Republican Brian Kemp and Democrat Stacey Abrams. Abrams lost that election by the tiniest of margins and is running unopposed for the Democratic nomination this year. Now, from what we've seen so far in the political ads, Stacey Abrams is the star of the show in this election. All the Republican candidates, no matter what offices they're running for, are talking about her. Because they know that she energizes the Republican base more than she energizes the Democratic base. But notice they say that she lost by the tiniest of margins. Abrams did not lose by the tiniest of margins. 
she lost the ability to get into a runoff by the tiniest of margins wherein she would have lost. They're trying to make her happen. There is, as I mentioned the first hour, there is a segment of white liberals in this country, white progressives, who like to support non-white candidates so they can claim they're not racist. They do not want black kids in their kids' schools unless their parents are wealthy. They do not want to associate with black families. They do not want to engage in the black community. And when confronted with issues like the violence in Chicago, they say, well, that's not for me to address because I'm not black. As a way of getting out of having to deal with the violence. But they're not racist. They vote for Stacey Abrams. They give her money. You want to know how I know that Brian Kemp is going to win the governor's race in Georgia? That's nothing to do with the polling. Do you want to know how I know he's going to beat David Perdue and how he's going to beat Stacey Abrams? There's nothing to do with the polling and everything with the money. No, no. Stacey Abrams has raised way more money than Brian Kemp. It's just Stacey Abrams has raised more money from voters in Georgia than David Perdue. Stacey Abrams has raised more money from in the state of Georgia than David Perdue has raised. And Brian Kemp has raised more money inside the state of Georgia than Stacey Abrams and David Perdue combined. Over 80% of the money that Brian Kemp has raised has come from the state of Georgia. 80% of the money David Perdue has raised has come from outside the state of Georgia. 78% of the money that Stacey Abrams has raised has come from outside the state of Georgia. You know, when you're raising money from people in Georgia, those people also vote. And when you've got that many donors from inside the state of Georgia, you've got that many voters more than Abrams and Purdue. But the media will overlook all of these things. The media will overlook it all for Stacey Abrams because they have a, they, they've got guilt. And their guilt is that in 2018, they focused all their energy on getting Beto O'Rourke to beat Ted Cruz. And Abrams came closer than O'Rourke did. But they focused on the attractive white guy from Texas who looked like a Kennedy and ignored the black woman from Georgia. And so they're full of guilt. And they've decided they're going to make Stacey Abrams now the black Beto O'Rourke of 2022 and will do for her in 2022 what they did for, for Beto in 2018. Whoa, black Beto, Bamba Lamb, whoa, black Beto, Bamba Lamb, black Beto has it now. Bamba Lamb, the damn thing gone wild. Bamba Lamb, she said, I'm worried in my mind. Bamba Lamb, the damn thing gone wild. Bamba Lamb, I said, oh, black Beto, Bamba Lamb, whoa, black Beto, Bamba Lamb. Bamba Lamb, whoa, Black Beto Bamba Lamb, she really gets good press Bamba Lamb, expect nothing less Bamba Lamb, she's so not ready Bamba Lamb, she won't be steady Bamba Lamb, whoa, Black Beto Bamba Lamb, whoa, Black Beto Bamba Lamb Lamb. 
There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it, and I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. I have no idea what recipe I'm going to send tomorrow. I, I guess I'm going to have to send the um, the ice cream cake recipe. Well, Dave Chappelle's attacker has spoken up. You, you know, Chappelle's in trouble now for another joke. Uh, he said that the guy attacked him with a knife that identified as a gun. Uh, if you don't understand the joke, uh, the guy attacked him with a knife, but the knife was inside of a fake gun. And the, the guy now says he's a wannabe rapper, claims he's non-binary, Isaiah Lee. Uh, and he said he was inspired by Will Smith storming the stage to attack Chris Rock. And now he says that uh, he attacked Dave Chappelle because of his trans jokes. I wanted him to know the next time he should consider first running his material by people it could affect. I wanted Dave Chappelle and people to know that these are things you need to be more sensitive about and not joke about. Well, you know what's going to happen now is you're going to get even more of these jokes. He's clearly got mental issues. He says he's a bisexual sexual abuse survivor who previously dealt with homelessness and was triggered by Dave Chappelle's jokes. On Monday, he admitted the attack was also partially driven by an effort to raise his public public profile as a budding rap star who goes by the stage name No Name Trapper and once put out a song about Dave Chappelle. I'm not going to lie. It was clout chasing. Really? Only in Los Angeles. Only in Hollywood. I'm going to go try to kill somebody to get famous. Wow. Wow. Um, now Ricky Gervais, the comedian, is under attack because he defended Dave Chappelle and made some trans jokes. Can we just acknowledge that the trans community is really, really without humor? If you can't see how it's funny that a dude with dude parts thinks he's a woman, I'm sorry, 
the rest of us actually realize that it's kind of funny. And also, we enjoy pointing out the absurdity of it because you can't take the joke. You're humorless, angry people, and you've decided your way to win the argument is to shut up the rest of us. And instead, we're laughing at you. It's blown up in your face. If the trans community wants to improve its acceptance, maybe laugh a little and don't try to censor us for pointing out the biology. Hmm. Now, heads up, we got some breaking news here, and it's a doozy, folks. Uh, welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, the phone number 877-973-7425. Uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation is acknowledging in court filings made public today that members of ISIS plotted to assassinate George W. Bush in Dallas, Texas, by taking advantage of the open U.S. border. They intended to obtain Mexican visas, travel north across the border to Dallas, where they had George W. Bush under surveillance uh, to assassinate him. Uh, this now for the write-up from Reuters. An Iraqi man in the United States accused of being linked to ISIS operatives was plotting to kill former President George W. Bush, going so far as to travel to Dallas in November to take video around the former president's home and recruiting a team of compatriots he hoped to smuggle into the country over the Mexican border, according to an FBI search warrant application filed March 23rd and unsealed today in the Southern District of Ohio. The FBI said it uncovered the scheme through the work of two confidential informants and surveillance of the alleged plotters' accounts on the Meta-owned WhatsApp messaging platform. The suspect, Shahab Ahmed Shabab Shabab Shahab, uh, based in Columbus, Ohio, said he wanted to assassinate Bush because he felt the former president was responsible for killing many Iraqis and breaking apart the country after the 2003 U.S. military invasion, according to the warrant. The case shows how federal investigators continue to monitor threats from ISIS, even as the group has been severely weakened by American intelligence and military operations in recent years. It also shows how the FBI, despite its claims of being prevented from investigating major crimes because of Meta and other tech companies' use of encryption, has been able to work around WhatsApp security by using old-school policing with sources of informants and tracking the metadata they can get from the messaging company. This is a screenshot reading from the filing. By the way, this makes me wonder if Bush had been told about this situation when he did his flub last week, talking about the invasion of Iraq instead of the invasion of Ukraine. I wonder if he had been briefed. So uh, this now from the um, search warrant. During the same February 9th, 2022 meeting earlier this year, blank assured CSI that he will pay back CSI money for the airfare and hotel room soon. Blank advised, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, CS1, advised CS1 that as soon as he received word from Qatar, blank will call or text CS1 and use coded language and say the invitation is ready. During the same February 9th, 2022 meeting, blank and CS1, one of the, the suspects, discussed meeting in Columbus, Ohio, in approximately the end of February 2022, Blank advised the suspect that if the suspect had firearms and police uniforms to show Blank, um, CS1 could use the coded language and say the samples are ready. CS1, the suspect, and Blank 
discussed obtaining the sizes that would be needed for the uniforms for the all-red and Daesh ISIS members who would be carrying out the assassination of former President Bush. Shahab is an Iraqi national. He's been in the U.S. since 2020, has an asylum application pending, according to the FBI search warrant application. Federal agents used two different confidential sources to investigate the plot, one who claimed to offer assistance obtaining false immigration and identification documents, the second, a purported customer of the alleged people smuggler who was willing to pay thousands of dollars to bring his family into the country. No charges have been filed against the suspect. So Forbes is not publishing the full warrant. According to NBC, he's been arrested. The State Department hasn't provided comment at the time of publication. Freddie Ford, the chief of staff for the office of President George W. Bush, said, quote, President Bush has all the confidence in the world in the U.S. Secret Service and our law enforcement and intelligence communities. In November of last year, Shahab revealed to the FBI insider the plot to assassinate Bush and asked the confidential source if he knew how to obtain replica or fraudulent police and or FBI identification and badges to help carry out the killing and whether it was possible to smuggle the plotters out of the country the same way they came in after their mission was complete. The alleged smuggler said he also wanted to find and assassinate a former Iraqi general who helped Americans during the war and whom he believed was living under a fictitious identity in the United States. The alleged plotter came to be part of a unit called al-Raid, meaning thunder, which was led by a former Iraqi pilot for Saddam Hussein who's been based out of Qatar until his recent death. As many as seven members of the group would be sent to the U.S. to kill President Bush, according to a conversation described in the warrant, and the Shihab job was to locate and conduct surveillance of former President Bush's residence and office and obtain firearms and vehicles to use in the assassination. After traveling to Dallas with the informant to take video of Bush's residence, the accused took more footage at the George W. Bush Institute, according to federal agents. In one conversation with a confidential FBI source, the suspect said he was planning to get four Iraqi national males located in Iraq, Turkey, Egypt, and Denmark into the United States. In a later conversation, he claimed one of the four was the secretary of an ISIS financial minister. The alleged smuggler described the men as former Ba'ath Party members in Iraq who did not agree with the current Iraq government and were political exiles. He was planning to charge each $15,000 to be smuggled into the United States. The Ba'ath Party was the political organization of Saddam Hussein. It's also, by the way, the political party of Basar al-Assad in Syria. Do you know what the Ba'ath Party actually is? Do you know your history? The Ba'athist Party exists in Syria and Iraq. It's known by another name. The Arab Nazi Party. The Ba'athist Party were allied to Adolf Hitler in World War II. He provided training to them to help undermine British colonial rule in the Middle East between World War I and then World War II when the war was expanding and the Nazis were spreading into uh, the Middle East. The Ba'athist Party were the Arab Nazis. And they have maintained control of Iraq and Syria until the fall of Saddam Hussein in Iraq. And now uh, Basar al-Assad, Hafez al-Assad, was one of the original members of the Arab Nazi Party. He died. His son is in charge of Syria, and he's a Nazi. I mean, the Arab Nazi Party, the Ba'athist Party, that's what they are. 
and they are out of favor now, and so they are plotting to kill George W. Bush. If you're just tuning in, you're wondering what's going on here. This is breaking news. The Federal Bureau of Investigation announcing they have uncovered a plot by ISIS to assassinate George W. Bush in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he has been under surveillance since February of this year by ISIS terrorists uh, plotting an assassination. They intended to use the porous U.S. border to come across the border to assassinate him. It's breaking news happening right now. Uh, NBC News uh, has more details there. It's pretty big story. Tom Winter at NBC News says uh, Shihab Ahmed Shihab of Columbus, Ohio, is in custody, wanted to smuggle four to six individuals from around the world to the United States through Mexico. He wanted to conduct the attack on Bush and ISIS's name at all times. Court documents so Shahab was talking to an FBI confidential informant and under some form of surveillance, meaning the physical threat to Bush turned out to be low. Um, our border is a national security issue. This White House continues to downplay the border, but you know, I you, you've heard me talk about and talk to people who have been to the border, including Ted Budd, uh, who will be the future senator from North Carolina. He's been to the border, and when he was at the border, they captured Russians. Last I checked, Russia is very close to Alaska, but nowhere near Mexico. And yet the Russians came across the border in Mexico. Ukrainians did as well. This is not the first time terrorists have been caught coming across the border. Fox News has this report. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement didn't rearrest a suspected terrorist who was released into the United States by Border Patrol agents until two weeks after he was flagged by the FBI. The suspected terrorist is Nardo Garcia Amato, 35, was released into the United States by Border Patrol agents on April 18th near Yuma, Arizona, and given a GPS monitoring device as an alternative to detention. Garcia Amato, a Colombian citizen, was then flagged by the Federal Bureau of Investigation Terrorist Screening Center on April 21st, which determined he's a match on the terror watch list. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement didn't receive authorization to arrest the individual until May 4, and he was arrested in Pinellas County, Florida on May 6. He was released from the Pinellas County Jail and transferred to ICE custody on May 9. The Department of Homeland Security spokesperson told Fox News that after receiving additional information, he was promptly detained. Now, apparently... He left his monitoring device on, which was good. But he's a suspected terrorist. And he made it all the way from Yuma, Arizona to Florida in about two weeks. Our border is a national security issue. Now, this story was in my stack of stuff, and I was going to get to this story in this half hour. I was going to talk about this story. A suspected terrorist, 35 years old, was released by Border Patrol agents on April 18th in Yuma, Arizona, and by May 6th was in Pinellas County, Florida. 
Ron DeSantis is demanding an explanation of why a suspected terrorist was allowed to live in the United States for weeks. And then this breaking news hits that ISIS terrorists are taking advantage of our open border to try to assassinate George W. Bush. And this administration tells us we have a secure closed border. This administration tells us there's nothing to worry about. This administration tells us they have it all under control. This administration tells us a lot of things that are not so. We got problems. We got a lot of problems. When we have terrorists trying to take advantage of our open border, we've already got one suspected terrorist who made it into the country and was released. It makes this more likely, more possible. It's absurd that we're dealing with this situation. It's absurd that this could happen. Our border is a national security issue for which this administration has no answer. It's really easy. The Republicans call it a wall. The Democrats now are beginning to advocate what they call a physical barrier. They can't bring themselves to say wall because that's what Donald Trump said. So now they're just saying physical barrier. We need a physical barrier. Well, build a physical barrier, build a wall, build a moat, build a landmine field, build something. Keep people from walking into this country so easily. All the ones we're catching, we're not catching some. You got to do something to keep our country safe. They're using the border in schemes to assassinate presidents of the United States. We should not have to wait for a president to have his head blown off by an ISIS terrorist before this administration gets serious about the border. And sadly, given the way this administration is non-responsive until tragedy strikes, that's probably what's going to have to happen. It's horrific. It's awful. It's unacceptable. And it's why there's a red wave building in November to replace these Democrats with a bunch of Republicans who will actually take matters seriously. One of the companies that's helping build that red wave is called Patriot Mobile. They take a portion of their profits and they give them to the conservative movement. But you got to be a customer to help them generate more profits so they can give more money. They're Christian. They're conservative. They're on your side. They share your values. They want your business. What more could you ask for? They're not woke. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, and you can transfer to them. You can see their maps. You can see their cell service. They use the same towers everybody else uses. You can also call them, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation, and you're dealing with 100% U.S.-based customer service. It's patriotmobile.com. Christian, conservative, they want to use their profits to help the conservative movement. They're set up so that they can do that, but they need your business. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Tonight, uh, I suspect we'll have an early night here in Georgia for most of the big races. Uh, Brian Kemp expected to win without a runoff. Um, Herschel Walker expected to do the same. Although, who knows? Uh, if, if if the voters are too confident or too many Democrats have come across to try to screw it up, it's possible. I've actually heard from a number of Democrats who say they're jumping into the Republican primary to actually vote for Raffensperger and Kemp to thank them. They don't want to vote for him in the general, 
but they want to thank them uh, for what they did. I'm sure that'll infuriate some people on the Republican side. Nonetheless, uh, I don't know that it'll be a long night. I'll be MC at the Kemp event. I, I want to close out, though, by talking about State Farm. If you missed the story, uh, State Farm at a corporate level was giving money to a, a transgender advocacy group down in Florida to buy books that focused on uh, elementary school kids, particularly five-year-olds, on the transgender issue and, and educating kids. Some would say are indoctrinating kids or use the phrase groomer as people are wont to do these days about the issue. State Farm, when it was exposed by a whistleblower, abandoned the effort. It was only in Florida. I am a State Farm customer. I have my my home insurance, all of my auto insurance, and some of my life insurance with State Farm. I'm not abandoning State Farm over this issue. One, it didn't affect those in Georgia. Two, I know a great many State Farm agents around this country, not just in Georgia. They're all conservative Republicans, churchgoers, every one of them that I know. And I'm not going to punish them because of the woke idiots uh, in Florida at State Farm. What I will say, though, is that if something like this happens again, I'm, I'm probably going to have to. I don't want my money to go to stuff like that. And the right is starting to engage on these issues, and we need to be mindful of these issues and good on the whistleblower. And hopefully we have more whistleblowers who blow the whistle on this sort of nonsense. But I'm not going to punish my state farm agent who's a good guy and deprive him of his livelihood because of some woke idiots in Florida. If it happens again, there may be no choice, but I believe in second chances. And I don't know that this is reflective of the company as a whole. You know, they're headquartered here in Atlanta now. There's they got a big State Farm complex uh, up off of uh, 285 on the north side of the city. Maybe they're listing, but I got to tell you that the lesson here for all of these companies should be stay out of the cultural issues of the day. Your job is to provide insurance, not the indoctrination or the education of our youth. It's not your mission field. Stay out of it. No good will come of it. Maybe between the Disney situation and the State Farm situation, businesses are starting to listen and learn that there are some aspects of society in which you have no business playing a role. And there are some aspects of business and society in which you should keep your mouth shut. You don't need to weigh in on the hot-button cultural issues of the day. And you should understand that there are some people on both sides. It's not just the left that does this crap. The stolen election folks have tried it as well with people. But you got to stay out of it if you're a business. It's not your place. It's not your field. All you're going to do are alienate people. And you got a big conservative movement of, of people who are consumers, customers of State Farm, and they're ready to bolt. And you got a ton of good state farm agents around this country who will be penalized because of the actions of a few. I'm not moving my accounts this time because I know that most state farm agents probably don't support this stuff. But the fact that at a corporate level in Florida, they thought it was a good idea suggests there needs to be some shakeup at the corporate level. Stay out of these cultural fights, y'all. The only way you win is to not play the game. That's it. You're going to alienate people on one side or the other. And there are some people who demand that you play the game, but they are in the vast minority. They're, they're, their mouth is large. They're very loud, but they're the vast minority. Stay out of the game. Choose not to play it.